Welcome to Stupid Not Stupid. I'm Matt. You're with my man, Jason, the co-host who flies no flag and takes no prisoners. (laughs) That's a a little truer than you might think. (laughs) I thought about opening up with a pirate pun, Jason, but I figured we'll probably get to those, I think. (laughs) Are you certain? (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) So uh, last week in our War Stupid section, which is where we correct the record on things we got wrong in a previous episode, we mentioned an unnamed expert in uh, maritime affairs and defense policy who explained to us all the things we got wrong about aircraft carriers and how they relate to uh, World War III. And since he uh, he made us look like idiots, we thought that we would uh, we would invite him over uh, for a topic of our choosing uh, to return the favor. Um, so I-, I think this is probably one that we have the expertise to uh, deal a riptos in. So that means that it's time for their stupid edition. All right, uh, Jason, he's, he's actually a return guest, but it's it's been a while. Would you like to introduce Dr. Tyler? Certainly. Dr. Tyler is a, a longtime compatriot of ours, uh, as you we mentioned. tried to do the math. He was like the th- third guest and the fourth one to appear twice. Is that a thing? How I think we... that's right. I think he's also the first guest that we ever had in the same room with us. Okay. Yeah, I think that is right. Yeah. Yeah. I and... still remember the smell. Yes. Yeah. That was when we were in the basement. Now we've moved to the garage. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess before you continue the intro, I'll just interrupt right now and be rude. I mean, Tyler, as our as our first return in person. Oh, no, I guess as our first in person guest who has now returned. What do you like? What's the degree of professionalism that you can observe in the studio now? Like the Uh, evolution of the facilities. Wow. (laughs) Yes. Uh, The the rug behind you is a nice touch. But the um, jizz stained moving blankets are, <laughs> they bring it down slightly, but not too much. It's tacky, but you know, it's Yet good. unrefined. We're yeah, the hooters of podcasts. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Yeah, sorry. Nice. Sorry, Jason. My bad. Continue, your inter- continue the introduction. So Tyler uh, has been a longtime listener uh, to the show and participated. Uh, he works here in DC in an undisclosed uh, policy position. Uh <laughs> Related so, related to maritime and defense policy. Correct. Yeah. Thus making amongst other things. Yeah. Thus yes. making him a so called expert on aircraft carriers as they relate to World War Three and the topic we're going to cover today. That's right. Please yeah. don't tell my employer that. Yeah. Professionally, <laughs> Tyler and I actually contact each other frequently because there is some overlap in our jobs. Okay. <laughs> Correct. Uh well, as a I guess second time participant and longtime listener, Tyler, you know what's coming next. Uh so what are you drinking? Uh this evening, um, to keep in the theme. Uh, rather than be too on the nose with uh, with the Captain Morgans, I've gone with the budget option of Sailor Jerry, <laughs> which, uh, you know, is the capitalistic cheaper version of, uh, of what we're you know aiming for. But uh, Matt, you were kind enough to supply a mixer for it, which is uh, icy, probably for ice. Is, OK, sparkling I'm, ice. I think it's weird that people call that icy because it literally <clears throat> there's got to be some like reptilian brain subcontext there because the letters on the bottle well, are I-C-E. Right. And everyone calls it icy, but well, it's just the word ice. Right. Maybe it's because the font is kind of. So what are the red and blue things at 7-Eleven? Uh, Aren't those the Slurpee? No, no, just the red and blue one. You know which ones I'm talking about? There, so there are two brands. There's Slurpee you're and there's Icy. The movie theater. Yeah, Icy. So you, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Icy's so at I'm, the movie theater, I'm not 7-Eleven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. But that, for some reason, reminds me of the spelling. Like the, This is like a Mandela effect thing, because it yeah. doesn't say Icy. No, it, it just says, says Ice. Yeah. But it clearly literally says everyone yeah. says Icy when they read it. Well, it tastes like children's aspirin. <laughs> 
coming from experience. Yeah. You're not wrong. He smells it. He drinks it. Yeah, he does right. whatever it takes. Yeah. 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 To, to feel the high. That's fine. Uh, okay. Well, yeah, I think it's on brand and tropical. And I'm also going to say it's, it's on brand uh, with the explanation you gave there, uh, Tyler, for the topic we're going to cover today, because mm. uh, Sailor Jerry's is just trying to upset the economic order in order to create more access to the masses, which is, you know, some people could call the definition of piracy. I mean, they, they're, they're really disrupting the market, uh, which, which brings us to uh, this week's question. Stupid or not stupid, pirates have been a net positive to humanity. Are you feeling this one, Jason? <laughs> I like this one. I think this is going to be a fun uh, one. So I guess before we tackle that question, two, uh, two ground setting questions off the bat. Uh, are puns permissible? Are we going all in on pirate puns? And is uh, Johnny Depp off limits? <laughs> oh, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Is it too soon? Where are where are we on pirate uh, puns going forward for the next hour and Johnny Depp? I, I don't know how you do this without pirate puns. So okay. like even if we just make them out of bounds, you're just going to ha end up having to edit a whole bunch of them out. <laughs> um, and as far as Johnny Depp goes, man, he's in trial in Virginia right now. In, in Fairfax, Fairfax County. In Fairfax. Yeah. 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 He, he's like less than 15 miles from here every day. So, yeah. I mean, I he, think we should not, include him. Yeah. <laughs> he's on our turf. He really brought this on himself. That's right. You know what I mean? right. Um, and this is really just part of our ongoing mission to get uh, um, deposed and called as witnesses <laughs> in the trial. We're yeah. <laughs> material witnesses on the profitability and upward career trajectory of pirates, Your Honor. And so you need to bring us in to, to speak to uh, the net losses of Mr. Depp. So, okay, so neither of them are out of bounds, I think. No, is what well, we've... and on top of that, we have a long standing uh, uh, reference to the, the musician who played Johnny Depp's father in those movies. So that's going to come up at some point. I'm sure it will. Okay. <laughs> all right. What? Okay, Tyler, you haven't been listening with the consistency necessary to get all the inside jokes oh, of the podcast. I'm you didn't just know that kidding. One. I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. How can I? Anyway, I was just testing you. <laughs> tons and tons of references to the fact that. Uh, at the end of the world, when all things, when all life has died, the yeah. only things that will be left alive will be cockroaches and Keith Richards. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Because nothing can kill that man. No. Yeah. <laughs> On his throne of cockroaches. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, to get this started, I wanted to begin, you know, this is an academic podcast, Jason. So I wanted <laughs> to begin with, with a quote. Uh, and this was the, uh, this was my favorite sort of, I don't want to call it a catchphrase. It's a legitimate academic quote. There's, there's historical connotations and context here. Um, but Confucius says, and I'm just saying this beforehand <laughs> to make it more legitimate. So the, the, did the he well say this? Or is this? No, Confucius didn't say this. Okay. I'm just trying to church it <laughs> the up. Well known and uh, highly regarded pirate Confucius. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the very first ship was meant to catch fish, and the second was built to steal that ship's hull. That is, uh, that is the famous uh, piracy quote. Uh, so it's I, the second oldest sea profession. Yeah, it's the second oldest sea profession. <laughs> I'm going to say probably that the second one was built to go conquer the other people's land to steal their fish. <laughs> Not well, necessarily yeah. the first one's fish, but yeah. We'll steal the... I just want more. No, they, they're trying to cut out the middleman. They just go take the fish from the fishermen. We don't have to sail. This was the great thing about it. Now, you get to... It, we're like reverse engineering this problem, Tyler. Well, and it, you know, it's like the old saying that I've seen online from Abraham Lincoln. You know, you... you Give a man a fish and he'll eat for a day. But if you steal a man's fish, you'll eat for a long time. <laughs> Are we getting into a discussion about taxes? Because I feel like we're getting into taxes. We, we already did. Uh, besides that, how was the show, Mrs. Lincoln, right. last week? <laughs> and then what, what was the other one we had? Uh, it was give a man a match. Uh, oh, yeah. No, yeah. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Start a fire for a man and he'll stay warm for a night. But you set a man on fire and he'll burn for the rest of his life. <laughs> 
They'll be toasty. Yeah. Okay, so just setting the parameters here on piracy. Uh, you know, piracy is not anything new. It goes back uh, to 5000 BC in ancient China are the first references in the historical record uh, to piracy. The Greeks uh, called the uh, pirates in the Aegean Sea the attackers, which in Greek translates to pirietas, pirietas. So that's where we get the word pirates. But mm. neither of you guys knew that. No, so I was not aware of that. You guys, you've leveled up already. And we're only like 10 Pittsburgh. minutes in. Yeah. <laughs> my, favorite, uh, my favorite pirate story, just you know, in pirate lore, looking backwards, is actually uh, Mediterranean pirates uh, when they captured like a 20-something Julius Caesar back in the day and then tried to ransom, ransom him for like a whatever amount of silver that they wanted. Right. And he got pissed and demanded that they demand four times as much yeah. silver for his <laughs> ransom. <laughs> Which was paid, and then after he befriended the pirates, became buddy-buddies with them and everything, the silver was delivered, and then he vowed, he's like, this was great, guys, uh, I vowed to come back and kill you all, and then he literally <laughs> did come back, killed them all, and then took the ransom back that was paid for him just to enrich himself and kept the money. Yeah, it was, I mean, is that a, that's not really a pyramid scheme, it's, it's fraud <laughs> in some sense, and you gotta respect the hustle. That just reminds me uh, of... <laughs> Stalin's son was wasn't he captured by the Germans and they tried to like extract something out of Stalin? He was like fucking kill him. I don't yeah. care. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no use for that guy. Yeah. 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 Jesus. It's like uh, how my grandma always gets out of jury duty. She's like, well, if they weren't guilty, they would never would have been arrested. <laughs> <laughs> they just send her home. Just time. write this one off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, I thought what we could do, guys, is just go through chronologically the history of piracy on our planet, uh, or I guess within our species since we're trying to save it's been a net positive for our species not our planet right although those things are obviously intertwined after our uh for the uh cerulean hypothesis oh right uh, yes. but who cares about the history of the planet right yeah uh, i'm only really interested in the history of our species yeah so the flashpoints on the timeline that i want to hit aren't necessarily the only instances of piracy uh in the course of humanity they're just the ones i found personally interesting <laughs> and endearing to our species <laughs> so you gentlemen feel free to proffer up whatever you would like if there are any uh acts of piracy that are personally close to your hearts. Uh, but the first thing, uh, historically, when we look back, and I uh, just wrapped up the show, too, that I could think of uh, in reference to piracy is Vikings. I mean, Vikings are the ultimate medieval example of pirates, right? Like, that's what you think of in contemporary, quote unquote, medieval pop culture. Well, but what's so how are we going to definition split piracy and conquest okay this is a great question you know i missed something here and we, this is what jason and i usually do i came up with my own definition for piracy okay so i was going to put this out there and i guess we should agree on basically this before we go he rejects it. your definition yeah. and, and replaces yeah. it with his own yeah. 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 Question, Tyler. <laughs> now let's go back back to what i was saying okay all right this is the definition i came up with for piracy uh someone who operates outside of a nation state or in a non-traditional role within a nation state to disrupt commerce and generate a profit. Yeah, I don't think Viking fits that. Okay, well, we'll get. We'll be, yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. But should we, can we agree on the? Can we agree on the uh, definition? Sure. Oh, what, I mean, I'm fine. With I, mean, yeah. what's the got, I mean, what's the second half? You're the guest, Tyler. You yeah. really get to decide. Okay, here. so so it's a non-nation state actor or, or a non-traditional nation okay, state so, actor. So not acting as a nation state, right? Or so not a. a non-traditional act but there aren't those like but aren't those in confluence pride. or in in contrast of one another because if you're if you're not if it's not a nation state or also a nation state but just kind of doing it anyway i, I think know. the <clears> reference <throat> there is to like privateers privateer. okay yeah to, to right. where yes you have been commissioned by, commissioned the, state, by the nation but state but to but if, like you were captured they wouldn't pay ransom right for okay you. Yeah, yeah. so okay. 
Uh, I've got a good friend who works in intelligence here in D.C., and he actually has a pirate flag hanging in his office. Hell yeah, he does. And when his employees come in and they ask him about the pirate flag, he says, oh, no, no, we are not pirates. We are privateers, which means that though we work in the service of our, our government, we they are plausibly deny denied. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's part one. And then part two is what do they what do they do at their core? What do pirates do at their core? And it's not stereotypically what you might think. What they do is disrupt commerce and generate profits. Disrupt commerce. Well, isn't it? Doesn't it? Isn't intrinsic in there kind of like a Robin Hood scenario? Like you're taking goods from one either nation, state, or necessarily. I don't think that's exclusive to like some pirates may do that. Yeah, like some piracy is that, but not not all piracy is. I would say that the the again the definition between pirate and privateer. Yeah, a pirate disrupts commerce for their own benefit, for personal gain, whereas a privateer will disrupt commerce. Yeah. Occasionally they'll take the stuff, but the real right. goal is just to disrupt it. To and disrupt, then no matter right. how you disrupt the commerce, you're generating a profit. <clears throat> and that's actually going to come in later in this conversation when I bring up some other stuff. Too. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm in agreement with it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're in? Yeah. Well, All right. That's Dr. Fine. Dr. Tyler's in. I mean, <clears throat> he thinks he's like a maritime expert or something trying to <laughs> fucking <laughs> try to undercut our definitions, but whatever. Okay. Uh, so explain to me then, Tyler, or I, I can't remember what you said this, Tyler or Jason, why mm. Vikings don't fit that definition. Oh, I said that because they were representatives of their states, right. were they not? All of my knowledge of Vikings is based off of uh, the History Channel series, Vikings, uh, hashtag <laughs> Ragnar Lothbrok, which, uh, <laughs> hashtag uh, yeah. Dr. TJ, his favorite show. Right. We, ultimately, we'll have to do an episode on that because Dr. TJ contends that Vikings is the greatest television show ever produced, which is obviously well, absurd. He hasn't been right about anything else. Yeah. Why would he be right about that? <laughs> but my, my understanding of Viking society and culture is it wasn't homogenous. Like, they were distinct groups groups that at best could be considered tribal. Well, then um, so you definitely I, yeah. can't count the Chinese as yeah. pirates. No, pirates, because... ex- the Chinese experienced and documented piracy. I wasn't saying they were pirates. Before. Oh, well, I'm sure there were China- plenty of Chinese pirates, too. But yeah. there's there are still Chinese yeah, pirates. Yeah, I, there are. <laughs> Indeed, there are. Uh, yeah. No, I agree with Jason, though. I, th- I think you if they were going at and this is kind of goes to the root of my question of kind of like conquest versus piracy is that they their objective was to go and and loot and pillage, but it was sort of to expand their, it was for the betterment of their society, right? So they're, they're piracy light. And my point, I guess, on the Vikings wasn't necessarily to prove that they were pirates, but my point is that they did things that were at least piracy adjacent. And as a result of, you know, the raiding, the raping, the pillaging, the burning, all of the things that society generally turns their nose up at, you know, that really, from what I understand in the very brief amount of research that I did from this afternoon when we decided that this was the topic <laughs> we were covering, and right now, is that uh, the, that general um, malicious activity resulted, directly led to the development of the coin-based economy in Europe. Because of the barter system that they disrupted through the destruction of goods and the hijacking of property and the proliferation of Viking settlements across the region, they carried that with them. That led, that gave direct rise to the coin-based economy, which my argument here is net positive Did for humanity. Really? Right. Look, according to the internet, man. Oh, well then. The internet doesn't lie. <laughs> it must be true. That's right. Yeah. When, we're, well, hang on. In Europe, the coin-based okay, economy then, Yeah, yeah. Europe. I think we probably in have Europe. to put a clarifier yeah. on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah because Europe. I could already, I could feel your argument coming. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> That, yeah, I still I think I'd have a hard time calling them pirates, but the activity, I mean, to an extent, it that's no. not the first time that logo has interrupted our show 
even in the last three episodes. <laughs> so or that not that logo, that the, uh, jingle or whatever. The theme song, yeah. It actually happened like six times during our uh, sports, all the stupid rules oh. we would change episode, and it just kept happening. And it was <laughs> really good. <laughs> well, that's on brand, right? Yeah. We'd yeah, make up good. a new rule and then get... Kind of perfect, actually. All right. Well, look, how about this? We'll pass on Vikings. As Tyler, as a longtime listener, you'll know what Jason and I like to do is start at the least pl- plausible yeah. and build to the most plausible. So I'm soft on Vikings. And if we want to say Vikings weren't pirates, then yeah. we'll exclude all of Vikings benefits well, uh, to society. To that point, like I, even if I were to grant you that Vikings do count as pirates, I don't know that I would grant that changing to a coin based economy <laughs> in Europe is worth the pain and suffering that <laughs> Vikings caused. So... Have um, you seen the coins, though? They're sweet. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh, we'll forget the Vikings. We'll say they were a net drag on our whole species. Okay. And we'll, and we'll move on from well, them. they certainly drag people As a descendant nets, right? of one. <laughs> hey, hang on. <laughs> um, but I think we'll all agree uh, then just kind of trotting along the historical timeline of piracy here. Uh, Sir Francis Drake, pirate, right? Uh, privateer, but yes. Privateer. Yes. <laughs> okay, how about this? Sir Francis Drake meets the stupid, not stupid definition. Yes. Uh, the aforementioned agreed upon definition of piracy. Yes. Yeah, that I agree with. Okay. Yeah. And, and and what is Sir Francis Drake responsible for that might be a net gain to, to humanity? Like when I think about it, second guy to circumnavigate the globe. Obviously, there's some useful things that come out of that. But, you know, single-handedly responsible, well, besides God and the weather, uh, for saving Great Britain from uh, from the Spanish Armada, uh, hashtag Billy Madison. Spanish Armada. Fourteen sixty nine. Fifteen fourteen. Nineteen eighty one. Nineteen eighty six. Please do not do that. Come on. I swear, just hang in there one second. Please, God, give me the answer! <laughs> that you, is cold bricks. You just got that scene in your head. <laughs> so, th- so think about this. Without, without piracy, and you look at kind of the Elizabethan age, it's not inconceivable that the Spanish Inquisition spreads to Great Britain. Now, Great Britain was doing a good job at the time of having an Inquisition of its own and burning well, people yeah. at the stake. Because nobody expects a Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But- I did, although I heard, I don't know why this came up. It was probably Reddit because I'm on there too much. But it was like the Spanish Inquisition, like the Spanish told you they were coming. Right. And like they were going to do this, like, hey, we're going to come inquire. <laughs> so, in fact, about, everyone yeah, yeah, expected because, the Spanish yeah, Inquisition. Yeah. <laughs> and because social mobility and like geog- like transverse and geography was so easy back then, people could just easily pick up and leave. Yeah, yeah no well, problems at yeah, all. Yeah, not, not a big deal. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was something that I wasn't really aware of. Then it just like raised a whole bunch of questions about how I understand modern European history. But yeah, my AP modern European history teacher hopefully doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> so. Well, based on your AP modern uh, US history, uh, education, Tyler, do yeah. you think that it's a large leap of faith that without Sir Francis Drake and English pirates, that the schism in Great Britain, the, the, the what? The schism between there the, we uh, go. the schism in Great Britain that essentially was created post. Isn't that what you said is all over the, the blankets <laughs> in here? <laughs> <laughs> just blankets are covered in schism. This explains <laughs> much. But, yeah. Yeah. With, without Sir Francis Drake and the pirates saving Great Britain from the Spanish Armada, we don't have the schism that leads to, you know, pilgrims migrating to America or the Inquisition not coming to Great Britain. Like, that's been a net positive for humanity, You just want people right? to listen to your American Revolution podcast. I love, I love that. Uh, I love it that will one. never see the light of day. Oh, you're talking about, oh, you're talking about the secret. Oh, do you know about the secret episode? I do. Oh, you do. Okay. Yes. Yeah, no. 
Uh, it only exists, I think, in our Gmail accounts. Yeah. Now it's like saved somewhere in a cloud. <laughs> someday. Someday. Someday when yeah. you run for Senate, it, it's going to leak. It, it exists on my Gmail and a Chinese server. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was just going to say, let's do Talking about piracy for yeah. a minute. Yeah. Those are the two places it exists. Okay. So, Tyler, this one, this one's to you. Net positive. English pirates made the world a better place. Ah, uh, like, I, so at its core, I think you have to define like what a better place is. And I also think that it's really hard to make a sweeping statement like that even though that's sort okay, of the do you what think, you do here do you right. think the world would be a better place if the inquisition reached great britain and there was never uh the schism yeah well they would have asked a lot of good britain. questions man so <laughs> and they probably would have figured some things out i mean it's it's yeah i mean look it certainly had an impact what i'm getting to is that it's like it's hard to say that that event like you know, stop the span of Led It's like correlation causation. It's not saying that that then led to why. There were a lot of other factors that fed into that, right? Yeah. And I would argue as well that I think you could probably make the case that it definitely was better for the British, right. but it would be really hard to argue that it was better for, say, the Indians. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh, we'll leave that marker down on the table as uh, inconclusive mm. at this point. But English pirates, Sir Francis Drake, like just their existence... Uh, early on the uh, historical timeline of piracy, at least had an impact on the uh, trajectory of our species. Maybe we're not making a call right now if it was net positive or negative. Did you say species or civilization? That's a good question. Because I think it would be difficult to, to say, like, at a biological level whether it was good, but you could certainly say as a societal structure, Western societal structure. Okay, so let's go back Unless... to leave everything we've recorded up to this oh, point. Change yeah, the yeah, prompt. Actually, yeah. <laughs> no, no. Well, I mean, uh, that... That's unless you you believe you know the the pastafarians the I'm glad the, you brought the, this up yeah go ahead <laughs> the, the decrease in the number of pirates is directly contributing to the increase in global temperatures in which yeah. case it does oh, become well a, yeah. you just ruined my crescendo Jason oh, that's I'm sorry building towards the correlation between the decrease in pirates and the rising oh, global we, temperatures you can edit that part out if you no, want it no 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 the no, joke no. works it, better it's, later it's yours Jason you've you've used it in the show so many times you definitely have jurisdiction over it okay well leaving behind Sir Francis Drake. It's not another long leap to the golden age of piracy. And this is what we think of when we think of pirates. When you see like a gamma Phi at a Halloween party in her sexy pirate costume, it's just fulfilling the stereotypes, everything we see in our minds of the golden age of piracy. Tyler perked up at that one. Yeah, look, <laughs> if my fiance listens to this, I can't make any, I'm legally required to say I have no opinion or knowledge. Or any of it. <clears throat> uh, but no, it is, a, it is a good question, actually. And I was going to bring this up later, but this is a perfect time because... There is a significant economic impact on the existence of pirates and Halloween costumes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, that is a... The stimulation of the Chinese economy. Which... <laughs> Sadly, yes. Yeah. Uh, and probably like the Malaysian one or wherever, you know, wherever they manufacture these things. But, you know, and it's also made people uh, happy as a society. People yeah. enjoy Halloween. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, that's a, that's a Those Disney thing. movies have made a lot of money. Sure have. Mm -hmm. Assassin's Creed Black Flag, great game. Mm, I don't know. What? I, I, got, <laughs> I got like ten percent into the first uh, that first sea, that first uh, sea battle where you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, yeah. I didn't like the ship to ship. Really? It was so oh. unrealistic. So uh, I'll be honest. I I played it <clears throat> like the second time that I played it. Uh, I was at <laughs> I was at home. And I'd had, I'd had a lot to drink. Literally started just sailing the boat around. I was like, these sea shanties are fucking awesome. And I just <laughs> listened to the shanties. And I legitimately at four in the morning got onto Spotify 
and found there's a playlist of all the shanties. Oh, yeah. And I was like, this is the fucking best thing ever. I played at work all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking yeah. awesome. So have They're you done great. Sea of Thieves then? Yeah. Oh, played... yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah, I haven't done Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves is, and this is going down a rabbit hole, but whatever. It's fine. Let's do a pirate video game rabbit hole real quick. Okay, yeah. So, Sea of Thieves, um, when it first came out, there was no point. There was no objective. There right. was like, I don't know this why you a sandbox did. as a pirate. Sort of. It, it was, was like. Uh, what's that uh, deep? Elite or what's that space game? Oh, you made Elite Dangerous. By? Elite Dangerous, but pirates. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. It uh, it now has content. It now has mm-hmm. some objectives and stuff. But it is fun. It is fun as shit. Actually, okay. Black done, Flag is good. Have you done Sid Meier's Pirates? The guy who no, did Civilization. No, but that, that sounds complicated. It it's not though. It's you're just this guy whose family is kidnapped by like an evil baron and you go to the Caribbean to try to find them and you get to like basically pick a nation that you want to privateer for and try to fuck all the other nations and build an armada and disrupt commerce. But is it like a is it like a top down like no like Civ? It's not like Civ. It's just the guy who made Civ and puts his name on every game he makes. He does do that. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't played that. Speaking as someone who basically gave up on video games about the time that Galaga was no longer available <laughs> in an arcade, I think that this argument is, I think that this argument is really dumb. <laughs> oh my God. Kill me. Good job. Jesus. Nicely landed. Nicely landed. <sighs> okay. Uh, well, coming back to the golden, the golden age of piracy, uh, aside from video games, I, I think that based off of, this is, I think the meatiest part of the argument for me when we're talking about the, I guess, not contemporary pirates, the pirates of yore. Uh, of your <laughs> I hate you both. Is that the the pirates of the golden age of piracy helped to break the mercantilism system. So this is the system that basically the colonial system between the old world and the new world said, look, if you're from our country, you can mine raw resources, you can uh you know use slave labor to like grow all the cash crops you want to, but you can only sell them to us and you can only buy goods from us at an inflated price. And if you try to do anything outside of that, then, you know, you get to become a slave, too, or you get to go huh. to jail. That Yeah, I just I'm not sure that I would credit piracy with that more than I would credit, say, like the Industrial Revolution. No. So what piracy, <laughs> but, but pre-Industrial Revolution, the role that piracy played in breaking the mercantilism system. So what pirates would obviously do is they existed outside of that. Like we said in our definition, yeah. they are non-nation state or nation state uh, ambiguous and so they hijacked the ships that were participating in that system and then go to ports and sell the exact same goods at a quarter of the price and net a hefty profit and gave gave individuals living in these colonies in the new world access to goods services commodities that they couldn't have accessed otherwise and also opened their eyes to the injustice of the economic system that they existed within and why is this important at, at what cost Okay, so, right, there's a cost-benefit analysis to every point in this argument, right? So, when you really go back and look at it, the violence that was perpetrated as part of this, the disruption of this system, actually wasn't that extreme. If you go, no, I'm serious. No, he's actually right. Yeah, it was, (laughs) reputation mattered much more than what you actually did. Yeah, it was not Mm. very frequent that pirates actually did horrible things to people. They did it to themselves all the time. Right, yes. But, yeah. Not so much. Yeah. Usually it was a pretty nonviolent transaction at sea. And people, because people knew the drill, right? And the ships, it wasn't like all, all ships were created equal. Pretty much if the pirates saw you and their ship was like armed for combat and you were a merchant vessel, it was like, all right, yeah, we give up. I mean, it wasn't even just the French that did that. It was all the nations. (laughs) Not as, yeah, unless they were slower than you or something like that. Now, it meant that 
fewer people died, but it didn't mean that fewer people were kidnapped or that businesses were bankrupted. Right. Or right. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, there's still a serious question about at what cost. Right. Like, yeah. who's the loser? Because it, if things are changing hands, there's definitely a loser here. It, the the it, loser is the status quo. The loser is Spain, Great Britain, and France. You could argue, though, that, like, those economies were large enough that, like, the royals were not being, like, of course it was adversely impacting them, but there was also probably a lot of people in the middle that suffered as a result of it. Because um, most ships that were taken were not ships full of treasure that were, right. you know, one nation shipping it to buy mercenaries. It was goods and... With the exception being the Spanish. So when Francis Drake was going around, I only know this because I listened to a whole audiobook on Sir Francis Drake <laughs> uh, over the course of like a couple weeks. Yeah. And one uh, one Spanish galleon he took was so laden with treasure, it took them, I think, like six days to transfer it all from the ship they captured. That sounds to awful. their ship. Yeah. Way, yeah does, like, it, does it though? Hey, but again, Steve, will you grab the gold <laughs> chair? Like, fuck <laughs> me. God damn it. I love how you went straight to a pirate named Steve, which is the guy from Dodgeball. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ER. <laughs> By the way, you know that actor uh, also played uh, uh, K2SO in Rogue One. I, wait, what? When you yeah. told me that for really? the first time, yeah. my mind was blown, and then I got it. Yeah. And now I can't unsee it. <laughs> oh, my God. I did not know that. Wow, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Please do not visit. Um, <laughs> you are being saved. So speaking of the whole reason I brought up breaking the mercantilism system is, I mean, at a weird way, that is fundamental to the foundation of the nation of which we are all citizens, or at least citizens adjacent as privateers, right. uh, the United <laughs> States. And what I wanted to hit you with, Jason, is uh, this quote from Dr. John Acosta of the University of Florida, your alma mater. And Go this, Gators. Is, uh, <laughs> this is the thesis that Dr. Acosta puts forward and is famous for in the pirate scholar community. And this is a quote from Dr. Acosta. Blackbeard and Ben Franklin deserve equal billing for founding democracy in the United States and the New World. Yeah, that's a stretch. Uh, that <laughs> is a serious stretch. Do not speak ill of of the thought leaders of your alma mater, Jason. For, for a minute, I thought you were going to say Dr. Jim Acosta. And I was like, oh, this is something I pulled off CNN last week. <laughs> um, and the, the reason being, one, the disruption of the mercantilism system and the economic conditions that not only that created, but the demonstration of how unfair the system was to you know, the rank and file, the General Joe Schmo, the future Minutemen of the New World. But the other point that Dr. Acosta makes is the way that pirate society organized itself and the way that it chose to interact with one, one another and treat those within the system is actually foundational to what we were trying to achieve, or I guess the founding fathers were trying to achieve. I know, Jason, you've been around a while. I don't know if you were around at this time but the, the founding you were at the signing right yeah the, 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 i rode my tyrannosaurus rex to the <laughs> signing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what the founding fathers were trying to achieve with the constitution one of the things he points out is there were there were five key tenets uh to like the articles of confederation again as jason has pointed out in an earlier podcast a uh term that has not aged well no <laughs> sure, hasn't. Yeah, sure hasn't but the articles that were necessary if you joined a ship like if you were a pirate and you joined a particular ship there were the the ship's articles, right? That the rules that you signed up to as a crew member that you would follow. And there were- Are you unless you were shanghai <laughs> <laughs> But I think even if you were shanghai although I don't know if shanghai that's like like a French Revolution era thing. Or no, a French Foreign Legion era thing. Well, is it? it was a pirate thing too. Okay, yeah. all right. But the, the five articles that were pretty much universal on every ship and were just expected as a pirate that you would sign on to if you signed this document said, I'm a member of this crew and these are the rules. 
that I'm going to adhere to. One, they limited the power of the captain. Very, you know, U.S. Constitution adjacent here. Right? Sounds very egalitarian. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. So a, a, a limited executive powers with checks and balances. Okay, that sounds like the U.S. Constitution <laughs> thought, to me. I thought that's what a mutiny was for. <laughs> uh, two, uh, the articles ensured a fair division of treasure and alcohol. So, Jason, this is like at the premise of like probably the main schism uh, in our relationship, right? right. <laughs> Division of labor and alcohol. <laughs> uh, three, universal suffrage, a vote for all the crew. Didn't matter if you were red, white, black, brown, yellow, male, female, anything in between. Oh, except there were no women. Yeah. No, 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 no. There were, there were, but they, yeah, there were was... women on the cruise, and it's that's gonna that plays out in other uh, parts of the articles here as we go forward. But universal suffrage was a fundamental right within the articles of essentially every pirate ship. And the right to parlay. <laughs> uh, number four, uh, banned fighting and gambling on the ship. On the ship. Yes. On the ship. So no fighting, no gambling on the ship. I'm not sure if that's really American. I mean, I fight and gamble at work every day. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah that's called lobbying. And then the, the, but there's a, difference, there's a difference between being at work on land and being at work at sea. I had a friend who was, a, uh, who was in the, the Coast Guard years ago, and he said it was fascinating. You know, none of his shipmates and he got along at all. But once they were out on the boat, everything was fine because he was like, you only have 160 feet to go. Yeah. <laughs> if you get in a fight, they can find you. Correct. That, that was the same when Dr. Tyler and I were in Perth and I was on the submarines and I was talking to these Aussie submariners and they were like, yeah, no, we would never hang out on land. Right. Right. But under the ocean, we have no problem. Eves. Like, yeah. we're just like, yeah, we're friends. Yeah. But once we get to land, you like, have to be. Yeah. 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 Like, not much space yeah. in a submarine, especially yeah. a Collins class boat yeah. is not, not real large. So, uh, and then number five, you are forbidden from having sex with a woman without her consent. Those are the five universal wow. tenets. We don't even have that in the US. Yeah. So I actually caught myself. I stopped Turn and looked on. at this. I stopped and looked at this and I was like, man, so Donald Trump couldn't be a pirate. Right. <laughs> This is terrible. I'm very upset about this. The only thing is, I guess he doesn't drink, so he wouldn't be okay with the fair division of the alcohol, but not the treasure. Or the the labor. Or the labor, yeah. So he's like one third of one point, I guess he's covered on, but that's pretty much it. (laughs) So uh, Dr. Dr. Acosta is basically making the point in terms of disrupting mercantilism and then demonstrating the, the viability of these articles as a form of governance laid the foundation for the foundation of the United States. That's Dr. Acosta's argument. I, I, I understand the point that he's making mm-hmm. and that you're parroting. <laughs> oh my God, come on. I also, before you go further, I want to point out Dr. Acosta's argument isn't that far off from the argument I make in the American Revolution episode that you won't let me release that we keep referring to. So I wish I would have known of Dr. Acosta when we did that episode. So before you uh, defend it or crap on it, whichever direction you're going to go, right? just know that you're basically casting judgment on the episode, which shall not be named. That's fine. Okay. Which I, I've already cast judgment on that episode, <laughs> and that's why it will never be heard. Yeah. Um, the three of us should like, I don't know, like, Get a nice bottle of bourbon and listen to it one day. It that would be funny. You, okay. Tyler, you would think it was hysterical. Oh, yeah. going, oh I totally understand why you never played this. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'd still want it to come out, though. <laughs> um, no, my point, though, is even if all of his assertions are true, Professor Acosta's assertions are true, how much of an effect did that actually have on the founding fathers when they were writing these documents? And I don't think that there's any indication that these people were like, following the legal isn't hamilton like from nassau yeah but he didn't come by way of pirate ship <laughs> hey hamilton uh what do you think about for the declaration <laughs> um well 
there were some guys on this boat back back right. home. They had a few thoughts. I just wanted to let me get my paperwork real quick. I guarantee <laughs> oh. you that didn't fucking happen. Also, so. looking at those tenets that you laid out that that came from piracy. Hamilton was on the other side of most of those issues. <laughs> Thomas Jefferson's in France and they're like, bonjour, monsieur, we have these ideas. And he's like, yeah, but these dudes on the boat, like, got some fucking thoughts that will blow your mind. I think that's how we're going to set this country okay, well, can up. We, can we at least agree? Let's say, let's say Dr. Acosta is wrong. And at least the fissuring of the mercantilism system, if we're not saying the piracy broke the mercantilism system, and at least the demonstration that the, Tenets of like universal universal suffrage and you know equal division of labor and fruits of that labor and don't rape women right um were positive things to demonstrate that were possible to generally agree to and exist under har harmoniously as a society has been a net gain I, to it has our been culture. but I think that those tenets as they have established themselves in, themselves in Western culture were more the result of the Enlightenment than they were of piracy. Um, except for the don't rape women part. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that you're too much of an academic, Jason, and you're giving too much credit uh, to the Age of Enlightenment. I, I like to believe the Golden Age of Piracy is actually the... Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I think the, the, the question in my mind is like, it, the, the basis of your assumption is then that like the pirates were the only ones that came up with this concept or these concepts. Well, they were certainly one of the most successful in implementing like, it's not hard when there's like 30 like, people. Voltaire might have been like sitting alone in Paris writing about it, but Blackbeard was actually on his ship, like not raping women and giving people but, a fair share, share of the booty. But the ideas of like proper order and conduct have existed in organized militaries since the beginning of time. Yeah, I was going to say most of the rules that you're talking about, uh, you know, not many militaries give everyone an equal vote. No, last time no I checked. that one. Not. Right. But others, like incentive, like good order and conduct, are concepts that have been written down and followed by organized groups, be they uh, military, organized pirate groups. Yeah, I agree. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Most societies exist within the bounds of certain rules and structures that they have a social contract to agree to, and whether they like it or not, and. Many of them included certain tenants that were like that. The voting one is one that's a, but again, I don't even, I don't, <clears throat> I wouldn't say that if you were to go back and weigh piracy and the impact of piracy and the rules of conduct on a vessel, I don't think that those were something that was picked up by French revolutionaries and were like, those guys, fucking those guys have the right idea. We're going to bring that shit here. Right. Yeah, I agree. I, this part of the argument, I just, I don't think you've got a, a peg leg to stand on. God damn it, <laughs> son of a... So really what you're saying, Jason, is Dr. Acosta of the University of Florida doesn't know what he's talking about. No, he's he's an academic who is trying to defend probably. Gonna, I'm going to find him on Twitter and tag him in this episode oh, when we fine. put it out. No, he, I, yeah, I think that he's overselling his argument. That's all I'm saying. Okay. I, I think his points are well taken. But as most academics do when trying to agitate conversation, you oversell your point by about 30 percent, which is, I think, what he's done. Kind of like a NASA budget. Uh, well, well, 30% except, is conservative. That's what I was about to say. Yeah, except that, that yeah, you, at NASA, you oversell it way more than that. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to cost so well, much. Before we move to the next era of piracy, this is an aside, but uh, if you broke any of uh, these articles or the subsequent articles that were specific to particular ships, there were two principal punishments. One, the most famous, walking the plank. Uh, but the two, the, but the second, uh, which is, I love the term. That is they it use keel hauling? No. Although that, did you, it, okay. Second aside, before we get back to this aside, did you guys watch Black Sails? No. 
so they do a keel hauling that's scene fucking nuts in black sails and it is one of the it's like it's hard to watch as like the end of braveheart yeah actually right. harder oh, oh it's keel hauling is barbaric it's yeah. fucking nuts hold on so hold on. when you say keel hauling there are two things i'm thinking of in my head is it it's not when you tie someone to the keel and make them like ride the front of the boat no 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 no. that's when you scrape them across along, the, bo- along along the, the bottom along the bottom of the boat yeah the boat. yeah there's and like the all particles, particles and shit yeah so that's just if you, you know okay after we're done with this tonight i'm gonna pull up the keel hauling scene from black sails and make you watch it and oh, it's just like it's like one of the but the way that the way the guy just fucking it's well so it's a little alternative history it's quote unquote how blackbird blackbeard really dies oh. in black sails but it's it's like a it's a badass moment um, um okay we're, we're doing that tonight uh but, guys i just got an email okay. um it's from the Motion Picture Association of America, and it says, you bastards. <laughs> <laughs> Is it, it's not telling us to cease and desist, because the last uh, time no, it happened no. with Disney, we actually won the appeal. So. That's what we did, yeah. yeah. It says, uh, you bastards, piracy has been awful for all of the uh, members of the NBA. So. <laughs> <laughs> this is how I know that Dr. Newton was right and our computers are listening to us. Okay, so... Now yeah, that... and I want to get into that kind of piracy later. That yeah, was actually yeah, yeah. my yeah. So uh, so wheeling it way back uh, after our second aside, and we're definitely watching that scene from Black Sails after this. But uh, the second uh, punishment after walking the plank was being made a governor, which I thought is a great term. And what do you think wow. being made a governor is, Jason? Well, seeing as how you couldn't rape women, I'm guessing. <laughs> the, so being... someone called Ron DeSantis real fast. Right. <laughs> checking on this. The University of Florida grad, I'm assuming, right. Jason. <laughs> Uh, being made a governor was uh, we picked out a nice little island for you and you get to be in charge of it oh. all by yourself <laughs> yeah. so that was the creative term that the pirates came up for come up came up with for people who violated the articles they got just promoted the somewhere. governor yeah to be fair after last week at work I'd be super down with that like just <laughs> fucking leave me somewhere I'm done speaking of the governor of Florida it'd be great if we could just put him on an island correct yeah, yeah that'd be wonderful you're yeah. still a governor yeah, yeah. But you just get this little patch yeah it's fine alright well I want to close the book on like the golden age of piracy but I, I felt like there was one more kind of instance of uh, pirates saving our our I guess our society not our not our species our society our <laughs> society real quick and obviously it's uh, it's uh, the pirates saving the United States at the Battle of New Orleans which I'm sure you're familiar with Tyler and I think we could all admit as proud Americans, that uh, it would have sucked if the War of 1812 actually resulted in us being recolonized or reconstituted under the British monarchy. Yeah. And I pirates mean, yeah, were the only reason that the U.S. was, even though I guess technically the War of 1812 was over at the time the battle took place. Right, but they didn't know that <laughs> they yet. They didn't know that yet. But Well, and also just like commerce trading was an, an important role during, you know, like the American Revolution and like a lot of different wars, like American... The, the American right. Navy Are was you leaning my way. I yeah. love it. Tyler. Well, that's the thing is that at, at the crux of this argument, again, is who does it benefit? Like, mm-hmm. And if it benefits like the end mission of the United States, then USA. Yeah, exactly. USA. I'm like, who's going to fucking do this shit? <laughs> uh, it certainly came at a cost. But uh, yeah, no, in that instance, like, again, my question of is it species or civilization? Is that, that what it was? Yeah. yeah. In, in terms of our... Uh, our, nation state in terms of what seller of oh my god <laughs> <laughs> i hate both of these guys <sighs> um yeah no i mean it was good <laughs> well and quite frankly uh in my opinion i love the city of new orleans so much that just the simple fact that piracy saved that city right 
is like a huge benefit for there's us. There's a great uh, what's the <laughs> Yul Brenner movie about that? It's like I can't even it, Lafayette, I think is what it's called. I don't know, but there's this great scene where the British try to like bribe them to join their side and like the amount of money they offer them. And I don't know why this always stuck with me. But I love the scene from the movie. They're like sitting at a dinner table in like the pirate fortress and the British admiral is like, this is how much money we'll pay you to uh, join our side and sack New Orleans. And Lafayette like, like laughs and he's like, Commodore, pick up your plate. And he like lifts his plate up. and He goes, it's solid gold. There's more money on this table than you've offered me. I was like, boss-ass move. I love that. So, Okay, so that, that that's the golden age of piracy. I think we're like leaning towards like not stupid pirates for net positive, but we haven't made the determination yet yeah. based off of like ancient and golden age piracy. I, I would say I'm of the opinion that it was probably a net positive for at least Western civilization, but not by much. And it certainly doesn't have we eked it out. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it had the the but kind the of influence of that you've indicated. Yeah, but I'm I'm gonna say, I'm gonna agree. I'm gonna say actually I would go even more neutral. That I don't know that the impact of piracy had a net enough impact to be good or bad. Because I think the big point. societal changes that you're talking about were products of a number of variables, and that the they didn't move the needle enough at that point in history, but now we have to move forward in history. <laughs> so everything we've ta been talking about so far has been uh, piracy on the high seas. And you would think that as uh, the activity on the high seas became less tumultuous and uh, less, less, uh, I guess, more visible, that uh, that would decrease. And to a degree it has, but... Even today, 97% of all global trade takes place over the oceans, right. which means that, you know, lots of opportunities for piracy. So we have to look at piracy also in terms of like contemporary piracy, right? So there is sure. still like piracy happening today that would it's not exactly in the mold of piracy from the golden age of piracy, but it's piracy on the high seas. So it's radically different for a number of reasons. First of all, you have mechanized ships so you don't have like trade channels that you can go like as a pirate you can just go hunt specific areas and expect lots of commerce to come past well well no there's, Africa. there's well, yeah, like, horn of there africa are exceptions. Malaysia, there are exceptions but Malaysia, generally speaking yeah. there aren't like it, it's not what it once was and more than that everywhere that ships are traveling is far more visible than it ever right. used to be right yes yeah because of navigation technology satellite technology like uh, and radio communications like it's much harder to be a pirate than yes. it used to be yeah well and and also especially after the high profile incidents the captain phillips and all right. that stuff and now you've got naval task groups that are patrolling these areas so right precisely ex but extremely different. to your point though like the horn of africa is the one exception that sort of demonstrates the rule right like the only reason that that was a sort of a dangerous place for a while was because they didn't have right and now they do right yeah but again like the places where piracy is still even remotely successful, a little bit in the Horn of Africa, though nowhere near to the extent that it was 15 or 20 years ago. No, it's yeah. And I don't I don't know. It, to me, it seems like an almost suicidal endeavor. now. Right. But like South China Sea is a whole different area because there you're not really talking about piracy. It's more along the lines of a privateer. Well, actually, you know, you, re you bring up a really good point, which is um, one thing that we haven't talked about is like, is IUU fishing 
piracy. Okay, you're gonna have to chill on the acronyms, bro. Uh, <laughs> illegal, unregulated, and unreported fishing. Right. So this is so this is fishing by one nation state in another nation. Well, we talk about economic exclusion zones on our e- micro nations okay. episode. Yeah, excellent. So our, right. our okay. audience is well educated. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would know that because I listened. But uh, yeah, the, uh, one nation state in another nation state's EEZ and and fishing. And for a lot of nations in the Pacific, in particular, who are extraordinarily small. This is not only a form of subsistence, but this is the sometimes a major economic driver for the nation. And IU fishing is a serious problem. So is that piracy? So I, I don't know that I would consider that piracy, but I know that there are conflicts arising over that exact issue. And it's not so much someone taking over someone else's boat and stealing the fish. It's just taking over their boat and either holding them for ransom or or taking the boat. <laughs> but but per definition it is disrupting commerce right and generating a profit and generating a profit but is it a net positive and the consistent element that i would point out here between everything we talked about in the golden age of piracy and what's going on contemporarily today on the high seas in terms of piracy is one reoccurring theme and element and that is that it is an outlet piracy is an outlet for the economically oppressed and excluded so when you look at the places that you guys were just talking about, Somalia, Somalia has a like net daily income of 28 cents per day per citizen, making it like the lowest, the absolute lowest bottom of the map, every indicator for income and quality of life like on the planet. And directly correlated to that is it's a hotbed of piracy, less so right. than it was in like I'm de Captain now times. Right. But. Uh, it definitely had a flash in the pan. And then you're talking about these these nations in the South China Sea and around Malaysia. It, every place today that we see where piracy persists, it's where someone is trying to upset the prevailing economic system that is in place or trying to overcome the barriers, challenges, however you want to define it, that has been keeping that group socio and economically depressed. So piracy is the outlet. But that doesn't include then, because when you're talking about nations in the Pacific who (coughs) are struggling to deal with IEU fishing, it's not because there's a population of people who are poorer that are trying to get into do. Yeah, I guess that the fishing thing's kind of an outlier. I'm thinking of like speedboat rep rocks up to your oil tanker and takes people hostage and steals a bunch of oil. Oh, that's more the Somalia model that's than the, the South China model. Somalia model. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which actually, uh, Somalia had a GDP of four point nine billion dollars in twenty twenty. So no, I, I broke it down by per citizen. So it's the the ink the average income was twenty eight cents per person per day. The we're going to move on. Doctor Tyler can get all academic on it, but I don't think there's anyone out there arguing that Somalia is a great place to call home at the no, moment or even recently. It's not. But I think what you just said. Uh, doesn't apply to privateers. Yes, that's true. But I'm what I'm saying is the places in the world where piracy persists, you could draw a circle. Today? Yeah, you could draw a circle around those waterways where piracy exists, and those waterways would touch a country that is in the lower, the lowest quadrant of economic performance of nations on the planet. I just think the two eras of piracy that we're discussing are radically different, right? Like we were talking about Drake a minute ago. It's not like he he was pirating because he was poor. Right. Right. No, and, we're talking about contemporary piracy. Right. Right. And it's the drivers are different. And I'd almost guarantee you that on any Somali piracy ship, 
those five tenets of piracy that you laid out that were so egalitarian <laughs> do not <laughs> exist. exist. Yeah. <laughs> so, but this is the question though about these modern pirates who obviously are doing like terrible things. They're taking people ransom. They're stealing goods and um, hijacking ships and all this stuff. But put yourself in their shoes or maybe put yourself in their lack of shoes because they're that fucking poor. Sure. Like, is this a net positive for them? Like, they have no other alternative. So that's one area where it could be a possible net game. And the second is, does it actually draw attention to the area and get it the help and resources from outside of the country that it might demand and need? Like, would <laughs> we no care? evidence of that. Yeah. Would, would, <laughs> I mean, would we care about some... Okay, I'm willing to answer this. both those I questions. I bet you could go back and look at, like philanthropic donations to Somalia post the release of the Captain Phillips movie. I bet you they go off the charts. I bet you they spike like crazy. I, I bet, bet you they don't because there's no infrastructure for any of that money to actually yeah. get to where it needs to get. Right. Okay. That That's a different argument, but I'm saying would anyone in the West be able to point to Somalia on a map if it wasn't for piracy? Well, yeah, because of Black oh. Hawk Down. Yeah, I was just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I get your point. I think, though, that you asked if it was a net gain because these people are, you know, destitute and, and whatnot. I think that assumes that all pirates are acting independently. All, all these people in Somalia who operate, um, who participate in pirate activity are doing so of their own free will and, you know, own sure. volition. Many of them are not, um, and many of these are organized criminal uh, enterprises that, um, albeit sometimes small scale, but but they're not. It's, it's you're not saying like, they're they're connected to mattress firm. Correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's actually uh, the My Pillow guy. Oh, uh, yeah. Yes. Lindell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so of course there's that. There's there's coercion, and and people may not want to be doing this, but they, they, it's their only option. It's like people who participate in cartels in Mexico. So you, you've got that. So it's kind of. There's an open question there. Yes, I agree with you. Those people are doing so because oftentimes they may not have any other option. But but doing so, does it create a net positive? I'd say no, because a lot of times what ends up, especially now, like you have these naval task groups who end up A, killing or B, otherwise imprisoning and completely screwing these people over forever. Yeah. And, and so it's like they haven't gained much and now they're in they're up shit creek yeah so i don't know i would say it's not a net positive for them even though they they're already in a destitute situation all right well so far we'll we'll put a pin in that one so far we've been covering piracy on the high seas mm -hmm. but uh that's not the only kind of piracy that exists that's right so i want to i want to shift over to uh alternative piracy. this is the kellyanne conway section of the podcast. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. we've, we've been talking about high seas piracy. What I'd like to offer is also uh, some alternative piracy. Uh, so I want to start with the... This uh, is where the definition gets a little arbitrary. <laughs> <laughs> Come on! Uh, <laughs> so, um, J Jason, I'll throw a question at you because, again, we've been knocking on you for the generational disparities here for a second. Right. But, but uh, uh, have, did you ever record the radio to a cassette? Oh, yeah. Oh, Absolutely. yeah. I mean... That was a for that was like one of the original forms of digital piracy. Oh, right? absolutely. Even though I guess it was encouraged at the time, but I mean, how how do you view that? Uh, well, issue at the time was not so much the industry wasn't concerned about you recording music off of the radio. What there was no other options to go get it, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, you could go buy the album, which right. is what they what the industry wanted you to do. But the issue was. The technology existed and was ubiquitous enough that nobody really cared if you were recording an album or recording a song off of the radio for your own use. The because the quality was not good, the like 
Right. You weren't anybody who was doing that probably wasn't going to go buy the album in the first place. So there wasn't like an impact to the industry. What they were concerned about is people recording stuff and then reselling it at right. at a discount and making money because they're you know that's intellectual property issue. It's the exact same issue that you run into with the VCR in the eighties with movies. Oh yeah, I had one of those uh, VCRs with two inputs. Right. So you could like play the movie while you watch it. It recorded on. Oh yeah, right. yeah. I, and you know, to this day, every time you watch a sporting event, particularly baseball games, there's the disc- disclaimer about you know the, all the rights to this are owned by Major League Baseball. Any recording, yada yada yada. We've all seen that. All of that is not aimed at fans recording a game so they can watch it later. All of that is aimed at distributing those games because they have contracts for distribution that they don't. That's that's the value of that product to them. So they're just trying to not have that disrupt, but it's gotten worse over time. Yeah, actually, um, can I just make a quick comment? No, you may not. Yeah, well, that's too late. <laughs> uh, you know, like when you'd go into movie theaters and there'd be like the commercials beforehand. Yeah, and it would be movie, like, yeah, movie yeah, yeah, took you wouldn't, 100,000 hours. You wouldn't download a car. I sure as fuck would. Are you, <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Are you kidding me? That'd be great. Well, and that's the thing is with, you know, with the advent of 3D printing technologies, right. at so, some point you can yeah, download you a could. car. <laughs> yeah, you sure as shit could. You know, right now it would be more expensive than just buying the car, but it, one can envision how that at some point that would not be right. the case. Which, right. and, and that that raises the, the, the kind of point of like the, the disruption, like the, the economic disruptor is, is that that's a huge thing. It's oh. a huge thing. To a point that <clears throat> like it was really worrying Hollywood, man, I, Look at Napster. That destroyed the music industry. But see, there's a correlation here. I don't want to go back to the golden age of piracy again. Right. But there's a correlation here between wanting to – the mercantilism system was the prevailing uh, oppressive economic system at the time. Right. And someone found an innovative way to hack it, and they broke it. And that's kind of what Napster did. Right. right. I right. Mean, Until this Spotify is, came along. This, exactly. Yeah. This there is, was no way to get mm-hmm. all of this music in one place, and that's why we use Napster, LimeWire, Kaza, FrostWire – well, it didn't help fire. that oh, Napster man. was also free. Free. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just remember sitting there in like seventh grade and being like, this song is going to be done in a day and a half. <laughs> I'm so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I burned them onto CDs. I did oh, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I did sure. Napster to a CD. I learned how to do it. Yeah. I, I, it actually, it's funny. I was having a conversation with someone about this the other day. Using Napster, LimeWire, Kaza, all those things taught me skills about how to figure out if something like is a fraudulent link or a fake file or like just kind of raises red flags that I didn't really ever think about until I was an adult. I was like, this seems fishy, you know, but it was one better back to that. Like, I, I can't I can't speak for everybody, but everyone that I knew, like I ended up buying a lot more music than I would have if Napster didn't exist. Yeah. Because I'd, I'd get a shitty copy of a thing and I'd hear yeah. like three songs off of it and go, I, you know, I want to own a copy of that. I would hear, you know, a hundred different bands that I, I was like, ah, yeah, I don't need that. I don't need that. I don't need that. But like I bought way more CDs having been able to sample all of that music and listen right. to it and decide what I did want to buy yeah. than I ever would have if it was just left to a record so store. That, that's one net positive. But here, here's the other question that I think is broader than that is, did Napster and all these other file sharing sites that principally focused on music in the beginning, were they the proving ground for the digital distribution of inter- entertainment? When you think about Netflix, when you think about Spotify. Yeah, of course they the, were, but it was they. And it cost they, industry nothing. It drove right. industry to do it that. Drove- and more than that, we're talking about industry blanket wide, right? Like, but would industry ever have done that 
without them. No, they never would have. And right. most of them didn't. And that's the problem. All of the major players in the music industry at the time are but, gone. But and the ones that are left are the ones doing that. No, the ones that are left are the ones that signed contracts with iTunes and yeah. like, like digital distribution. It was, digital distribution. It yeah. was the yeah. Silicon Valley companies that made out like bandits. It was not the music industry. But like, uh, what, the my, bands, all of that, that infrastructure is gone. The way that bands make money now is by live performances. Right. Because they don't actually make that much money on streaming. No, they make almost yeah. nothing like, off it's, of streaming. It's a pittance. Yeah. And it's 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 funny. I was just listening to something about that. It was like, yeah, on Spotify, like most bands, it's like a couple cents. If that. Oh, it's less than that. Yeah, yeah. Like per play. I mean, it's like it's fractions of a cent. You know, so, and then it's. You know, I know some folks who are like professional musicians at a pretty high level. And to a one, they've told me, like, we don't make albums now. Like, it used to be you made albums because that was your product, and you went out on tour to advertise the album. They said it's the exact opposite now. You put out albums to get people to go to your shows. But would that disruption ever have happened with this model that we operate under now that is, I guess, arguably better? Like, more people have I don't access think it is it. better. Well, that's, that's my issue. It is, it is different, old. but it is, it, is, it is not better. More people, okay, so by this met. Would you disagree with this metric? More people have access to more content than they did before. Because um, you're looking at it from the artist's perspective. And I understand that because no, you, no, no, no. you're a musician. But right. I'm just saying that net positive, more people have more access to more content. They have more access, new- but access is not necessarily inherently beneficial because none of that is is curated. So the, the, the issue that I hear with lots of friends who are not musicians and don't have a dog in this fight is I don't know where to go f- to find music. It used to be that there were gateways. Alexa play this kind of music right but then it's just 1500 different bands cycled through and you're like i like that song but i don't know what that song is and i don't know who that like but that's gatekeeping it is you're gatekeeping it's it's not gatekeeping it's also curating it's both but that's like you can't say i've i I love that i've turned tyler against you I think there's zero you cannot argue that the digital platforms have somehow like not increased access to music. Oh, no, no, I'm not arguing that at all. I'm not arguing that. You're just arguing it's not necessarily a good thing. That's correct. That it's the model is so radically different that it's very destructive for the process of getting music out, which is counterintuitive. But that doesn't make sense. When I was a kid, what I wanted like what I dreamed about was the ability to make music in my basement at a like production level value and be able to distribute it however I wanted to. Now instead he makes this podcast. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I do the other stuff too. But, um, but yeah, but the thing is by destroying that system of how it was distributed, it's almost impossible to make a living as a musician doing recordings like the only way that you survive is by selling tickets to live shows but well that's not true because there's people on youtube who post videos of playing music or people on twitch or that's not they're not those people are not surviving off of that money i would submit that there are people who make a shit ton of money way more there's like eight-year-olds on twitch who are making like million dollars like what am i doing i'm sitting at my desk they absolutely are but they're not musicians See, Jason's a purist. That's the problem. Yeah. He, he, he cares are, too much. He works too hard. He tries too. Mu- he, he tries with too much energy. That's Jason's problem. 
I understand what you're saying, which is hilarious because you and I always talk about the fact that I prefer to work smart while you work hard. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. I don't know. I, I still think that it, it's it's difficult for me to because I think the model shifted. Right. I, I don't know that because you can, of piracy. Yeah. In this area. But I agree with. Yeah. Yes. In, in this area, a hundred percent. We just disagree on if it was a positive or not. Right. right. It, it You cannot deny the role of piracy okay so set, set music, music media piracy period. so set music aside what about other forms of you know digital well that's the thing is you don't see it as disruptive and just looking at media writ large you don't see it as as disruptive like hollywood is still making multi-billion dollar movies well but mm -hmm. I, so on that front i would actually say that the the advent of things like napster and limar and cause and being able to distribute those things i think that's what gave netflix license right. to netflix exist wouldn't exist without napster right. that's my general point that's the point I which is to fine make but this. netflix operates as basically a, a separate studio with a different distribution platform that's that was the innovation that it has as opposed to music where it destroyed the production site the distribution platform didn't even matter but music is still being produced Mu bands are still making music like it's not like it's disrupted the ability of music to be made no it hasn't but it's it's and completely disrupted the ability to monetize it no because because music is adapted and now it's about your subscription to the personality of the artist so while one door has been closed many others other doors have right. been opened so it is different your branding your your per your you as a brand, as an artist, is now much more valuable than it's ever been before. Well, first of all, let me be very clear on this point. I'm not arguing that the previous system was better. <laughs> it's just At different. all. I'm not. Uh, what I am saying is the current system didn't screw over the people who needed to be screwed over in the previous system. It's screwing over the people who are actually making content. Okay, well. And that's, that's no harder for me to No one said piracy was perfect. We just said it was a net gain, Jason. That's all we're right. saying. I so, think in the in the music space, I and I realize that I'm saying this as a non-musician. Right. But I am saying it in terms of someone who listens to music a lot. Yeah, at a whole lot less cost than it used to cost. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And the and my access to to the ar array of music is right. much broader. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. But that comes at a cost to all of those musicians. Uh I I think Matt's right though that and I, I don't say that very often. I like <laughs> fucking clip it and upload it right there, boys and Dude, girls. There are other avenues in which artists now make money. It is just the not that are more financially lucrative than the traditional model. Be. Yeah, and and I fundamentally disagree with that. That's it is because, not that, more because lucrative. you're rock and roll forever, man. Like no, you're no, a purist. No. Uh, it's it's not just rock and roll. It's across the board. I will agree with you that it is harder, I think, for them to make money. But it's, it is it's not even possible to make the money that they used to make. I think there's plenty of artists that make plenty of money, but I would say that it's not the same. No. And and, and those artists are the ones who existed in the old system and are legacy artists. Name me one new band that's making money like No, because I'm gonna name a band you're gonna be like, that's stupid, it's EDM. It's, but it's not it's that. not a band though. It's no, not about a band, it's about the person it's not a band though, it's about the personality. So you say like, I don't know, Taylor Swift. Like you throw that out. Taylor Swift makes more money off being Taylor Swift yeah. than she does well, for her music. Yeah, she, also, she, she also came in under the studio system. Well, but yeah, but that's actually, so it's a, she's a good example because then she re-recorded shit because right. they wouldn't let her yes, profit exactly. off of her previous 
recording. So now she's remade but this she stuff in the digital She had hundreds of millions of fans because of the system that had advertised her, had put her on tour, had yeah. distributed the albums and advertised the albums. She benefited from all of that. She so, was a star by the time the system collapsed. So what about what about video game streamers then? Like so, oh, ones who fucking were cares. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. I'm out. I'm out of here. Yeah, who never who never existed a, as part of that studio system. Who it's literally based off of just personality and content, and the medium through which they distribute their content yeah. was paved was blazed by the piracy sure. of Napster, of Pirate Bay, uh, of all I, the other ones that Dr. I don't Tyler think that that's a one to one correlation. I okay. genuinely don't. I don't think that video game streamers are the result of Napster. I think that video game streamers are the result of the internet. Do you think that Napster made video game streamers possible? No. I disagree. I think YouTube made video game streamers Do you possible. Think and I don't think YouTube Napster possible. made YouTube possible. No, I think Jason's right. Dude, <laughs> commit, Tyler. Jesus, man. I, You're I, like a privateer who just goes from nation to nation. That's just, right. Just signing contracts. Highest bidder. <laughs> Jason just slipped me a what beer. So like this in, a, in the office, he goes, Would I ever leave this company? Look, I'm all about loyalty. In fact, I feel like part of what I'm getting paid for here is my loyalty. But if there were somewhere else that valued that loyalty more highly, I'm going wherever they value loyalty the most. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, video game streaming is a fascinating uh, kind of new enterprise, but it is something that I don't I would say a lot of video game streaming is supported by people of a generation that grew up with Napster and LimeWire and all those stuff. And I can't confirm or deny that I obtained video games through <laughs> these <laughs> methods. Right. right. Uh, however, I think the prevalence, I think the easy, the because it wasn't fucking easy to get access to these things. You had to teach yourself like basically like a suite of programs right. to be able to do to it. To figure yeah. out how to fucking install these it things. It was almost like you could have got a job and earned the money Absolutely to buy not. the fucking game. <laughs> In the golden age to be a pirate, all you needed was a sword and a boat and maybe a parrot. Yeah. Now you actually have to have some technological knowledge. Yeah, <laughs> but you download all these things, you'd figure out. And also I would say not only did it teach me to look for fraudulent things, it also taught me some computer skills like to this day that i would still use so you had to learn how to download the right thing install it get it up and running and troubleshoot problem solve critically think i would say that the rather than just actually buying it correct right. <laughs> uh i would say that that the the distribution of video games to a generation of people led to far greater uh numbers of people playing it and because of that it led to people being interested in them normalize them and then gave rise. That's that's why streamers are successful because there's a market of people that like it. Since since Tyler cracked the seal on uh pirating video games, I just want to bring it was up my idea. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I, it up while these two were drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to bring up a re shout out to uh the guy who will not return my emails and will not come on the podcast. Yeah. Uh Jeff Vogel, my favorite video game designer who like if either of you ever want to get me a birthday present, get Jeff Vogel to drink a beer with me. It's on <laughs> I know my that life. name. Why do I know that name? He lives in Seattle. He's yeah, a video but, game designer. What, He's who? a Spiderweb software. He's like my favorite video game designer. His games like defined my childhood. And what I literally I'll send you the website, but it's called Spiderweb Software. It's like the Exile and Vernum series and like Gene Forge. And oh, they're all amazing RPGs. Um, but when we did, uh, we were trying to do an episode. I can't remember what it was on. And so I sent him like, he's my one of my like favorite people. I've never met him. I've emailed with him a couple times about like random customer service things. But I sent him like 
this impassioned email. I was like, please come on the podcast. You're my favorite person. Like, I'll do anything. <laughs> I wasn't as creepy and desperate right in the as fan that. Mail folder. No, well, that's how we us. get schism all over the blankets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the reason the reason I bring him up is because he did this great shtick with his like new game that he put out because he started funding them through Kickstarter because he's like an indie yeah. game studio. Oh, it's like yeah. him and his wife and like one other person. But one of the things he offered is like a Kickstarter level. And he, he was like, because his games were pirated pretty bad back in the day because he used to do shareware. And so he oh, did this sorry. like uh, writ of absolution as a Kickstarter level. So he was like, if you ever pirated any of my games, you can buy in at this Kickstarter level and I'll put your name on the writ of absolution in the game and like Where I forgive absolve you. you of your yeah. sins yeah, yeah. for being a pirate. Oh, awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> I was like, that is genius. So he like shamed people into giving him more money for his new games. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, and it, it's an interesting thought though, because like, you know, uh, game developers, game companies are still around. Right. They, they're not existing without being profitable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I have actually, that's what we should do an episode on. I don't know if uh, you give a shit about it, but the, the shifting video game model to games as a service is stupid. So, so we've talked about doing like Battle I want to talk Royale. about it broader than that, but yeah. Yeah, we've talked about doing Battle Royale, stupid not stupid, but we could we could we could change it. Games as a service is a, a, yeah. a, a serious that's an economic question and it, and it, but that's, I can't believe we live in a world where like some of the most popular games are free. Everything about this is, and it's not just video games, it's across the board in technology particularly, but in the US economy writ large, it's about we're no longer innovating. It's about coming up with new ways to extract rent. Yeah, right. Right. And it is rent. That's yeah. exactly what it is. Yeah. Office 365, perfect yeah. example. Yes. I don't want to pay you monthly. Oh, yeah. it's cheaper. No, I want yeah. to own the service. Like that does not benefit society in any way, shape, or form. No. It benefits the bottom line. It, it, it takes ownership away from individuals. It, it demonstrated, piracy demonstrated the demand signal that could exist. Sure. And it cost them nothing. They're not going to say that. Well, you know, some companies might say that. So, well, only one. So this is the only one I saw. This is the only example I have. So the most uh, the most pirated show of all time. Does anyone know? Is it The Office? That's one guess, Jason. Most pirated show of all time. Ooh. I'm uh guess it was later than that. I have no idea. Game of Thrones. Oh, of course. Yeah. So sure. the seventh season uh, of Game of Thrones has had a billion pirated downloads just on Pirate Bay alone, and the final episode of Game of Thrones had 1.2 million downloads in 12 hours. And this is a quote from 1.19 uh, million disappointments. <laughs> <laughs> True story. Uh, this is a quote from a uh, from an HBO exec. It said, uh, "Our research shows that a moderate level of piracy, not too much, not too little, can actually benefit the manufacturer, the retail, the consumers, all at the same time." And then a different HBO executive said, uh, "Our show was the most pirated of all time, which, in my opinion, is better than an Emmy." Right. Yeah. Right. Well, so, and yeah, because what happens is the water cooler talk. Exactly. And then you, you show up pick the next up. What, so there's a benefit yeah. to the piracy. Just it's a benefit point. to the company. The yeah, company. yeah. I'm sorry. A benefit to the. Yeah, yeah, which then it's a question about is that beneficial to yeah. society? Yeah. All right, so we've covered basically three eras of piracy here. What's the final verdict? I guess, Jason. Oh, hold on. Is there an area of piracy we haven't covered that you guys think is relevant? I think there are a couple. The two that I had on my list were pirate radio. Yeah. Because uh, like, know, that's like World War Two. World War II, but even today, like what's going on in Ukraine with Radio Free Europe, Radio Free... Radio Free Europe still a thing? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Also, it, I don't know if I would call Radio Free Europe pirate radio because it's funded by... But it, it began as pirate radio. It did. Yeah. Uh, and it's pirate in that, you know, it's 
yeah, it's funded by the U.S. government, but it's getting information to people who that information is is banned for in their territory. So it's disruptive to commerce. I think of them more as privateers, but yeah, you're right. I, maybe that doesn't really count. It's well, it's I guess if you modify the definition slightly from commerce to like disrupting the objectives. But there have also been actual pirate radio stations, like people who are not funded by the government who broadcast. <laughs> yeah, welcome to K-Rock 102. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that's an easier case to make for being beneficial. Like, that's just inform- like, I, I don't know of any pirate radio stations that were like broadcasting, you know, white supremacist screeds into battle zones or anything. <laughs> um, uh, but I also don't know that it was tremendously impactful. So the other type of piracy that I thought was worth bringing up was the concept of online piracy, like people who are breaking into other people's computer systems and locking them out. Like holding hostage. Yes. Yeah, yeah like yeah. Uh, ransomware. Precisely. So that, that I think, is actually becoming a very serious piracy issue. So, so that's there, an, I don't see any benefit to so that that's shit. that's a net negative, <laughs> but is it offset? The thing I thought of is, like, when the U.S. hacked into, like, the Iran nuclear program and, like, blasted ACDC into Allegedly. All, allegedly, <laughs> sorry. And then, like, <laughs> yeah, blasted ACDC... Into like the intercom system and their entire fucking research facility. So yeah, there are net negatives, but then we also find ways. I would, I guess, I maybe I'm speaking out of turn for you guys, but Iran not having a nuclear weapon net positive for humanity. I think the difference is that any alleged cyber activity. Alaface <laughs> is alleged like he was involved. Yeah. <laughs> I am not smart enough. Thank you, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you are definitely yeah. not smart enough. Sure. Well, neither am I. So that's why I was. That's why it was funny. If I'm not smart enough, this fucking. Uh, Our skills lie in a different area. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> very polite way to say. Uh, so yeah, any uh, alleged activity by by the United States or its allies against Iran. Uh, was not done in a way to extract, like, it wasn't ransomware. This is a struck. No, I'm, I'm not saying it was ransomware. I'm saying that the capabilities that make ransomware possible are the same capabilities that allow us to, you know, conduct cyber warfare attacks on but, evil nations. Well, but that's, the the means of doing it and the action of doing it are two different things. Just because you have a gun doesn't mean you're a pirate. Right. Just because you can hack a computer and, you know, stop them from making a bomb doesn't mean that you're it's it's not the same as someone hacking into a you know the university of virginia healthcare system and locking all the computers out like it's the action not the resources okay yeah and there's there's a whole other avenue about this having to do with like national security hacking that we're actually not as effective as we could be because we don't we don't want to give away our methods, which means that we actually don't do what we could do because yeah. we're we're holding off for the big one, which which means that we are there's not the retaliatory retaliatory capability right. that we we have but don't use. So it's actually a net loss for us because we're taking hits without retaliating because we don't want to give away what we can actually do. Where I'm going to get you. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to, and we do that. We totally do that. Yeah. Although, I'll, 
the um, the image that I have in my head right now is that fucking Allstate commercial where it's like, oh, you almost had it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you gotta you gotta be quicker than that. All right. Well, speaking of uh, the division of uh, labor and alcohol, as related to our articles of confederation, I'm getting pretty drunk. Yes. So, uh, all right, uh, all right, gentlemen, let's make let's make a call here. Stupid or not stupid, piracy as a practice has been a net positive on our society. What? Jason, you go first, because yeah. we always give our guests the last word. I got to say, in my opinion, the benefits of piracy have been fairly localized, and the detriments of piracy, I think, are a little further reaching. So I think I lean towards stupid, but not by a huge margin. Well, I'm going not stupid, because I'm going to uh, do something that I never thought I would agree. I'm going to agree with the University of Florida <laughs> and Dr. Acosta. <laughs> And say that you know, without the foundations and without the system breaking that piracy is laid, and maybe I'm also saying this because I'm watching the uh, Super Pumped, the Uber story right now <laughs> on Showtime. There's like a, a Showtime uh, a show. Th- yeah, it's uh, it's like a biopic of Uber. It's oh. it's the social network for Uber. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm just like feeling very Silicon Valley disruptive. And also as a, uh, um, this is going to sound very Republican of me, but as a small business owner who has been semi-disruptive in my own space, I see myself as a pirate. So uh, I believe in following an existing model. Yeah, it's really the iPad disrupting systems, improving the viability of alternative pathways. And I look back in history and I see all my brethren who have done the same, and I want to fist bump the shit out of them. So I'm all in on this one. I know exactly what Halloween costume to buy you this year then. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, as long as you can get Jeff Vogel to drink a beer with me, I don't care what Halloween costume you buy me. Yeah. The sexy uh, pirate. (laughs) Tyler, you you get the final call because it's one to one right now. You got to decide, man. Look, you guys, this is we are essentially a pirate ship right now. Everyone's getting one vote. I can't do the thing that I do at work, which is kind of be like, I don't know, it's a vote. (laughs) (laughs) Pay me more money. Maybe more, I'll tell you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what is he? I keep bringing the office back, but he's like, I have a secret plan to save the company. I'll give you step one and step seven. Step one, hire me. Step seven, company save. You got to hire me to get steps two through six. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is depressingly uh, lobbying one on one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm going to say, I can't split the answer. Because. Because on the music, on the industry front, it is a definite. I think net positive. USA. I recognize the points against. I do a hundred percent. I think it's a. It all comes down to a question of uh, the lens you examine it through. Because as a consumer, it's it appears to be a significant net. Well, and fundamentally, that's been the issue with this whole episode. Is we're trying to look at it from the fifty thousand foot level, when in fact. If you're looking at the victims of piracy, of course there's no net positive. I would say if you're trying to... I like watching Tyler work this through his head. It's like he's going, (laughs) I'm going to say that piracy was a net positive. Boom. All right. Well... Based off of that uh, two to one vote, I'm sorry, uh, shipmate Callahan. Uh, <laughs> it's time for me to walk the plank. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, no, 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 no. Keel haul your ass. Yeah, we're not going to keel haul you and we're not going to make you walk the plank. We love and respect you, so we're going to make you a governor. A yeah, Florida. of Florida. Yeah, well, uh, well I, guess... I can't do a worse job. <laughs> Dude, we really shit on that guy a lot yeah. on this show. He comes well, up all he the time. Deserves it. Yeah. <laughs> he deserves it. Yeah. 
Well, uh, well, based on that breakdown, I'll say that uh, on Stupid Not Stupid, then our official position is that we embrace piracy. So go ahead and upload our shit wherever you want. That's right. Like, yeah, yeah. Any file sharing site that you're associated with. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, just we take no umbrage at your yeah. at your theft of our intellectual property. Until next time. Yeah.